Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Freaks of Nature podcast, featuring your hosts, Jeremy Shaw, Jason Shaw, and Andrew Christie. The Freaks of Nature podcast is presented to you by the Christianity Podcast Network. And now, we join our hosts, whose conversation is already in progress. everyone welcome to a new edition of the freaks of nature podcast we're taking a small break from the 90s to talk about a beloved show from our childhood tales from the crypt now tales from the crypt may have started in the 80s but most of its life was in the 90s so it's not entirely too far off from what you guys have been listening to on the podcast anyway yeah, I would say the high points of the show, the peak of the show was in the 90s for sure. Like, the bulk of it was, f- factually speaking, that that part. So, I don't. I think it, it fits, and it also gives us a break from uh, doing that series. Correct. So, yeah, we'll get into this uh, with how uh, this all started. I, uh, I have been wanting to get this show for a really long time. And I finally, in my point of collecting, found myself at a place where it was necessary. Not just something that I wanted, but it became necessary. I need Tales from the Crypt. I don't just need Tales from the Crypt. I need everything Tales from the Crypt. So I need the the movies. I need Bordello of Blood. I need Demon Knight. I need the ritual. I need the original Tales from the Crypt that is released only with the Vault of Horror in a dual release. So I sought these out. I got them all within a matter of a week of each other. And I ordered this box set. And the one thing that we noticed when I ordered this box set was it became super incredibly hard to find in stores. Yeah, let me walk this back. As far as Tales from the Crypt goes, being in stores for years, you could go to Walmart and get the complete set for like, I I want to say it was like 50, 60 bucks, right? 60 bucks. For the longest time. I remember when it first came out, it was much higher. But as... As the years went by, it gradually declined towards about 60 bucks. But as soon as you wanted it and felt like you needed it for your collection, and I also felt that way because of you, nowhere to be found. Completely gone, off the shelves, not being carried anymore. If you go to websites, it's sold by third-party sellers. Walmart is currently selling it on their website right now for $153. Target's currently selling it on their website for $125. So I went to eBay and I found some. Well, the first one I found was $18. And I was like, okay, this is a scam, but let's try it. <laughs> and uh, immediately uh, I was refunded my money. And I had this notice about how it was a terrible seller and the item had been removed from eBay and the seller had been removed from eBay. So within a day of ordering, trying to order this thing, eBay's like, whoa, dude, that guy was, that, that was suspicious. So here's your money back. So then I found another one that was like 67 total. And that sounded about right to me. So I ordered it. And it came in a pretty timely fashion. It was sealed, correct? Sealed. Factory sealed. Clearly not. 
a uh, a bootleg or anything like that. Open it up, pop the first disc in, and it's disc two, misprinted onto disc one. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I pop the other disc in, and disc two happens to be disc one. It's just misprinted. Okay, that's weird. I text you about it, and I watch the I watch it. I watch every single episode in one sitting. Uh, I go to pop in season two, and it, not only is it like seemingly misprinted, but the episode <laughs> guide is incorrect. So it's been so long since I'm wa- I've watched this. You know, I had to like Google this and look it up to see which episodes were supposed to be in season two. So as it turns out, when this set was originally made, it was mass-produced defective. So the first episodes were on the wrong disc. And from there in after in the box set, the discs are actually okay if they'll read. I had an issue where they wouldn't always read. I had to keep like opening the tray and closing the tray, and eventually they would read. But the rest of the boxes all had the incorrect episode guide inside of it so like this was a mass thing they were all produced they were shipped out apparently they were sending out proper discs to people who would reach out to warner brothers so i reached out to warner brothers still haven't heard back i'm not really getting my hopes up about it uh in the time that i've been waiting to hear back from them i got the one from target for 125 dollars, and some things jumped out at me okay so once they fixed it, there are many changes that you can see right off the bat. In case you happen to buy this, you'll know if you'll have the one that's defective or not. So starting off, the size of the box is actually drastically different. I'm going to measure it right now. Live on tape. The new one measures out at 8 inches in height. And the old one Is only about seven and a quarter in length. Five and a half for the new, and just over five in the old one. So, so are the, the cases smaller in there, or just the box is tinier, but the cases are the same size? Everything about it is is a little bit different. Uh, the cases aren't even quite the same size because in the old box, they have uh, in the first the first season, they have the boxes that have the uh, discs that sit on both sides of the case as it opens. And then in the new one, when you open it up to the left on the on the back side of the front cover is the episode guide. And they have the the flip over discs instead. So the discs are all a little bit like they're safer. Um, I didn't have any dislodged like you did. Okay, let me talk about that. I, I actually did find my uh, Tales from the Crypt set in Walmart on un- a shelf. Un- unlisted though. Like the, their website did not ever advertise that it was there. It said it wasn't mm- in stock. Not only that, but there was no price on it. There was no tag that, hey, this is Tales from the Crypt. It was just thrown in a glass case with a bunch of random stuff. Like, they were shuffling stuff out from the back. 
So I got it for, it was like 70 bucks at Walmart, which is way cheaper than it was on their website and in their system, but a little more expensive than it used to be on shelves. So it was real bizarre. But mine, my like uh, the season, I think it was the season two first disc, season five and season seven were all dislodged and floating around in there. Which and apparently I, was a common problem with the fixed box set. Yeah, I will say the scuffs were very surface level and everything played fine. But that's something to look out for if you find this on a store shelf. Because, and I tested and figured out why. If you don't push the disc in all the way, like the, the little disc holder things are kind of shallow and they got these little clips on them. So if you if you like leave the disc like halfway pushed in, it'll dislodge in the thing. So when they produced it and put it in the packaging in the factory, they didn't push the disc in all the way. So that's what happened to mine. So either way, get the old one or the new one, you're running into possibly some issues. This is not a perfect set. I will say that mine, the new one, the fixed one, when it showed up in the mail, had none of those issues. Okay. Uh, Some more things that are telling signs. The original set has a yellow color in the, uh, I guess it's the font and the border. And the Crypt Keeper has a filter on him that makes him kind of also yellow. And in the fixed box that the color is green and there isn't a filter on him. You can see the colors quite clearly. Um, you can see his like his clothing color is, is sharper. And then the discs themselves, the case coloring is much sharper as well. The blues are darker, the reds are darker, the greens are darker. Everything about it just seems like uh, the original just comes off as like a misprint. Or like they everything about it was accidentally fucked up. I will say, <laughs> I will say that once I got the discs to like reinsert, they would load up and play. So if, you, if somebody bought these and could live with the, the defectiveness, it honestly probably wouldn't be that big of a deal if you didn't want to rebuy but i just rebought and, and it's, a, it's much nicer looking and it's nice to have the the discs that will play as soon as i put into the the player and i don't have to i don't have to do anything as far as extra work goes i put my item in that i paid for and it fucking works it, and it has the same it has the same barcode on the back of both of them yeah, which I found interesting. I did find that interesting as well because one of these had to have been printed in 2007, and the other one would have been printed in like 2000. I don't even know when, 17 or something. I can't remember when they redid these. I know that's weird for them to change like the the way the discs are even held inside of the cases. That's a full new set almost. Like even yeah. the like the colors of the art are different enough and everything that it looks it looks different. Like you put them side by side, you it's hard to mistake one for the other. As far yeah, as like completely the differences. Different. That being said, we watched these basically in one sitting. I watched it in one, and I think you watched it in two. Yeah, two sittings. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about it while we have time to. Yeah, the first season. Not we didn't watch the whole fucking show in two sittings. That would be insane. It's like no, ninety not hours. Yet. Not yet. I'm going to. Okay, um, I have to say. And I have the list here. My favorite episode was The Man Who Was Death. 
Okay, so that's interesting. My favorite episode, and this is one that I remember seeing in rerun, like syndication, so many times when I was younger, is And All Through the House. Interesting. I have that at number four on my list of the top six episodes of the first season. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's because I watched it so many times as a kid and the uh, Santa Claus guy just kind of resonates in my memory. Like, I well, It's, a, being... it's like ahead. a perfect little slasher movie in yeah. a half an hour. I remember being like really young not remembering it was a Tales from the Crypt episode and trying to like find this movie. And that's what kind of led me to have such a love for Christmas horror was this episode. And like, I kind of have like a, a soft fetish for Christmas horror. Like it's one of my favorite subgenres, And that all was due to this episode. I, I love the classic Tales from the Crypt where like there's a twist and you're waiting throughout the end, and the main characters you don't you don't even like the person getting chased by the Santa Claus. I thought like the the moral dilemma and stuff. It's interesting. Like the whole episode is like, I hope that kid is safe. And, yeah. yeah, like that's not. Yeah, here we are. We have the final girl who's who murdered her her husband because she's having an affair and wants his money. She, she kind of gets what's coming to her. But he's also kind of a dick with the way he was talking to her at the beginning. So they leave that little bit of a, that seed of, oh, I can maybe see where she's coming from in some way. Yeah. So, but that's classic Tales from the Crypt. I guess it's classic anthology horror dating back to the Twilight Zone. There's always a moral to an episode. Yeah, but every episode in this season, there's like, the men never treat the women very good. <laughs> you notice that. No, no that's true. It, it had uh, that. There was a theme in the early 90s, I felt, in a lot of movies, if you go back and watch, of, like, the husband who talks real shitty to the wife, or, like, immediately she's, like, in the hot tub scene in that episode I liked a lot. She's yeah. trying to get away and leave him, like, blame it all on him. It's interesting, like, that nobody can have a good relationship in this show. <laughs> yeah, and the amount of directors and just even the first season alone that were, like, top of the line directors is impressive, too. With, and all through the house was a Robert Zemeckis uh directorial and he's directed so many of these that there's a collection of robert zemeckis tells from the crypt dvds that you can buy actually that's interesting i found because that while i was doing research as i was watching every episode just the amount of talent and names you recognize that would come up in the credits beforehand is insane like yeah. how did this h like this hbo thing must have been a big deal back then for them to get this kind of talent and the way it's shot, it's not shot like a TV show. Like, it it's, looks like a movie. Like, it's so well-produced, it's it's crazy. Like, you wouldn't see that nowadays. I mean, you know, I mean, the cinematic quality and the production of it. Like, nowadays, you get those TV shows that are shot with the expensive cameras and stuff. But they don't look like this. It, it doesn't have this feel to it. I think yeah. it's just like a very high-quality program. Um, dig that cat. He's a, he's real gone. Is a Richard Donner directorial. Okay. That was that was in contention with number one. I love that episode, man. In a they did so much in a half an hour with characterization and the twist you knew was coming, but you were just waiting to see how the main character would react to it. It's fucking perfect. Yeah, 
That dude just got like... hit by a car, by the way. Huh. Joe Papatapalapata. Hopefully he's okay. <laughs> Joe Pantaloni got hit by a car? Yeah, he got hit by a car recently. What? He's recovering. He was just on Jim and Sam in the morning, like less than a week ago. This was like yesterday or the day before that from when we're recording right now. He was oh, struck by a vehicle. Shit. Wow. He was like literally just on a morning program that I listened to every single day uh, last week. I wonder if it was on purpose because he was like saying fuck the economy and that people should stay home. And like he was very pro uh, precautions on the coronavirus. That'd be fucked up if they took out a hit on him. Very vocal about it. And was like, fuck the banks. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's a direct quote from Joe. Pantaleone, uh, fuck the banks. Stay home. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, he's got nine lives like in the show. <laughs> That's fucked up, man. That was a good episode too, uh, especially when he comes to the realization that he used up all of his lives. But the concept of this, like, how much money is he really making to waste all of these lives that he was given, like, in this carnival act? Because if I was given what I believe to be nine extra lives, I might do a couple of them as a show to get some money. But he really uh, played it by ear there. And, you know, it bit him in the ass. The last one, when remember when the chick leaves him and stuff? She yeah. had, what, like 40 grand or something? That is not enough for a life. I also thought that, that he was wasting this, uh, this talent. I guess you could call it a talent on this fucking two-bit carnival. It was, it was bizarre. But a, ho- a homeless guy, like a scummy guy like that, maybe that's where he would see money and not in yeah. like a bigger stage. True. Only Sin Deep was episode four. Now, I think is my least favorite of the series. Which one was that? Uh, that was uh, with uh, Marty McFly's mom. Oh, Leah, Leah Thompson. Yeah, has Leah Thompson and... Um, she is really vain. I made a note of how kind of bad she was in this episode, at least in the first half. Her acting, she was putting on this accent and trying really hard to be this character, and it wasn't working for me. What I found was interesting was that, that so the story is that she like she needs money because she's like a hooker who's involved with some shit. So she has like nothing really to pawn. So this like this pawnbroker who does voodoo and wants to bring his wife back to life takes her beauty from her like takes her life force from her so the whole episode is about her like trying to get her beauty back uh and then she commits murder to do it and then her face is all over the place and they're gonna give her the death penalty so she has to live as as this disgusting old pig (laughs) because she because she committed a murder and she doesn't want to get caught and now, what I thought was interesting was there's a very similar story that was on uh, Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction, that was um, supposedly a true story. So I'm wondering if they got this. At, like, the, <laughs> how the, is that? How? <laughs> I don't know how Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction came to their conclusions for their fictional and non-fictional stories. But this was apparently something that happened. Like some woman had body dysmorphia and well, that dysphagia, sense, whatever it's fucking well, however you say it. 
So this is not the first anthology horror series that I had seen with this episode, nor was it the second. Did you uh, think it was stupid that she was like they spent a lot of this episode with her fawning over this rich guy, like goes to that party, gets with him and shit, and then she just like shoots him. I thought they were building to her trying to get her beauty back before he came back from his trip because she didn't want him to see her as ugly, but she just fucking well, blows him away. <laughs> her name, very bluntly, was Miss Vane. So the character is Vane. I mean, she that wasn't lost Vane. on me. <laughs> Still. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess you answer my question then. <laughs> In episode five, Lover Come Hack to Me, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, for those listening, the plot of this is a guy is marrying this girl who is very, uh, um, I guess, plain and unattractive uh, for her money. And um, she is marrying him because she thinks that this is going to be the perfect wedding and the perfect uh, honeymoon. And as you find out throughout the episode, there's a point in this episode that I really, really liked um, that her plan is to murder him so that the life can never change. And like they have the perfect wedding and the perfect honeymoon and their marriage was perfect. To the very end, so she she killed like is trying to kill him right off the bat. But once once he realizes this and he's trying to convince her that he was just after her money, it it's was so, so fucking funny. <laughs> like that scene was a was a show stealer for me. It was one of my favorite moments of the first season. Yeah, that dude was like this real like really good like early nineties like kind of rebel bad boy type dude like broad strokes here but i i love that guy and i love him like seeing her cheating on him and he's like fuck well at least at least i get the money <laughs> then it was a dream and then no actually it was real it's like that classic twist that they do and every one of these episodes like takes you for a ride Did yeah you think that chick looked like uh sandra bernhard kind of a little bit chick- i couldn't place her she looks super familiar but like, the episode does a really good job of, like, making her unappealing. Until she's, like, a psycho murderer. And then you're like, wow, man, that girl can kind of be hot. Yeah, like the, like the sex scene and the psycho murdering? I wasn't, I wasn't mad at it by the end. Yeah. And, and then, then she just walks away, though. Like, like nothing happened at the end, though. Which I thought yeah. was something. I didn't, I didn't think the episode was perfect, but... When it kicks in at that point, I was like, oh, my God, dude, that was funny. That's one of the best scenes in this whole show so far. This is like the the comedy there was perfect. Yeah. Uh, And then episode six, collection completed. I like this one. It was it was odd. Yeah, I thought it was weird. It was a weird episode to end the series on considering, you know, that was the last episode. And I, I mean, I don't know if they knew they were renewed right off the bat or not, but to end, to end on it, I thought was odd. It, it wasn't the strongest, but it wasn't the weakest. It was like a sitcom that turns into something weird. The, the neighbor guy, I, I don't know who that guy was. I've seen him before and shit, but just that fat guy's smile made me laugh when he came down the basement with the fucking oh, yeah. <laughs> airplane things. The yeah, models. So, I love an that. old guy. 
an old guy who was an old guy in everything in the 90s. And I think is still alive, actually, because I like for some reason Googled Christmas with the Cranks. He's in that movie. Oh, that, yeah. Fucking A. That's where he was from. But I've he's seen also, him before. Like, I think he was one of the parents on Home Improvement. Um, so this guy's been an old guy in everything. Since, and this is the 80s. This was, what, 88 when this was shot? So he's actually yeah, still, yeah. as far as I know, still alive. That's... But, like they got so many good character actors, he's one of them in this show. Of like people you recognize nowadays, if you watch it, you're like, "Damn, he just yeah. had fucking everybody in here." So he's like forced to retire, and then he has to live with his crazy ass fucking cat lady wife, and it's just about how they hate each other and can't get along with each other, and how he hates their animals, so he just starts killing them and uh, stuff. Well, she, he, he hates her. She's treat, starts treating like a fucking animal, like giving him dog food and shit and putting his pills in food. I just thought it was fucking super funny. And that, that scene at the end disturbed me with his corpse sitting there. I was like, what yeah. the fuck? That, looked not, that did not look right. He gets the upper hand and fucking gets revenge for her cats and then kills him and stuffs him instead. And then the fucking fat neighbor who's just been comic relief for the whole episode comes over with a cake or something and sees the body he's horrified <laughs> but that gave me a creep show vibe just the way yeah. they came to his face of being horrified and show the body horror thing that episode like by the end of it i'm like yeah this is like kind of a a smaller creep show bit almost yeah it, that's a good comparison it did feel very creep showy very like campy comedy ish it was good yeah so I mean, I don't, I don't think we're going to try to rank this season by season or anything, or if we are going to oh, try to rank it. We I didn't talk about, hold on, we didn't talk about my favorite episode. That was The Man Who Was Death. William Sadler was incredible in that episode. Yeah, yeah. So he um, he's the guy who pulls the switch in prisons when guys are on their death sentence. They decide to get rid of the death penalty, so they get rid of his job. So what he does is he goes out and he just commits murders anyway. The people that he feels deserve it. And then eventually that leads him to being caught and put on death row himself. The plot line is pretty fucking good. And it's really well acted throughout. Certainly the best one to uh, start the show on, no doubt. Uh, there's some other recognizable people in there, but Sadler is the the name of the episode. Or I guess would become the name of the episode at least. Um, from there, the kills are really interesting too, and the way he chooses the way he chooses the way he's gonna like have his victims and whatnot. Um, even just for something that you see similarly. In later season or later episodes of the season, uh, he goes after a couple who killed a husband to have the money and move on with their affair, which you know ends up being in the next episode. So it was even like a nice foreshadowing episode. Of 
sorry for all the noise, fellas. What the I, fuck? I, this asshole at my this asshole come to my door to ask me about my car so they get back at you. I see. You tell him to fuck off. No, I backed up my car so they could get this UO in because I didn't want to argue with this guy because I want to get back to this fucking podcast that got interrupted and now has been molested by this fucking asshole neighbor. You cocksucking piece of garbage. I did I did my best to uh, to save it there. Yeah, but this is still recording. People can hear this. I don't care. Yeah. So. Okay. So um, I did want to say about William Sadler. He's fucking incredibly intense in this episode. And, like, I just love the way at the end that he eats shit. Like, he's just like everybody else at the end. Which yeah. I thought was so good of the moral play. And that kind of sets off the whole series, in my opinion, of, like, the moral dilemmas and, like, you get what's coming to you, basically, type of thing. Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly what it was, man. It was really good. Like, it, the show opens with the inmate screaming about how they're going to call and to give them two more minutes and they're going to call <laughs> and he even has like a little a speech that he gives this guy before he kills him and then right there at the end of the episode he's doing the same thing he's like crying like wait two more minutes two more minutes yeah, and then call. <laughs> uh, he sells it so well though as being this intense badass throughout the episode and then he's just another a, a little bitch at the end and I don't know. I like I like the cheating wife thing. They they set the standard for what the show is going to be with that. Like every one of the people that he kills, like you're going to get a hooker later on in the show. You're going to get like the cheating wife husband deal. Um, just everything sets the fucking standard for the show, in my opinion. Yeah, it was a great episode to start with. It uh, it set a really good tone. So overall, really good first season. I'm excited. I haven't seen a lot of these episodes in 25 years at this point. So I'm excited to fucking rewatch them and see what jogs my memory. Because like watching this, I was getting flashbacks to being a little kid, staying up late, fucking sneaking on HBO, watching these episodes. And I was surprised that like I didn't remember all of the ep- any of the episodes, but I remembered so many pieces of them that like shit was hugely influential on my yeah. taste. Speaking of influential, there's an episode, and I can't quite uh, pinpoint what it is, but I know it is, it's in the show eventually. It kind of fucked me up with circuses for a really long time, so I can't wait to get to that one. <laughs> uh, Ooh, I wonder when that episode. is. I can remember the plot kind of well. Like, There's like a ringleader, ringmaster, and his girlfriend's banging the animal handler behind his back, so he kills the animal handler. But the animal handler has like this uh, gorilla that's trained. And then the gorilla comes to get revenge for the animal handler. That's one of the most uh, influential episodes of this show to me because it's one of the ones that I remember most. And I I don't think until adulthood I went to the circus. (laughs) Wow. That's fucking awesome. I can't wait to see that one. I was surprised at how well these held up in the tension of these episodes and the horror of like, you're like uh, uneasy, like it puts you on unease of what's going to happen. And, you know, you go back and watch a lot of stuff. It doesn't hit you. But this show, I think it still works in that way. It's so well produced and well made. It can be put back in syndication and fit right in. Like, I don't understand why it's not. 
it's it's better than most anything else on TV right now. Even anthology horror stuff that they've made since is nothing touches this for me. Maybe it's just the way they they shot it on film and it's the cinematography and stuff. It's just the actually, craft of this. I actually can't stand modern anthology horror. None of it does anything for me. So going back and revisiting the stuff that does work is fantastic. Yeah, like like an American Horror Story. I just couldn't t- I couldn't do it, and I just didn't think it worked. They tried to be is an anthology now. Like yeah, and people it, are lazy. Now a lot of it is like a lot of those shots and TV shows these days are of two people standing in a spot talking, and that's how they build the story. This was like just constant movement, and you had you had like your main character as a narrator outside of it in some of the episodes. Just they did something different with everything. You could tell that they hired these different directors and stuff because they had ideas of like, I want to make this thing that I can't do a full feature on, but I can do it here. And it's and it's a half an hour. And that's like one of the best parts about this is how much they pack into a half an hour and it never feels too short, for, at least to me. I don't know if you thought it could have used more time, but I thought it was fucking pitch perfect. No, they, they handle it well They, as far as their timing goes. It, if anything, like the wanting more comes from just how ex- well executed it was, but you get that when the next episode starts to play. Yeah, you're never sitting there for an hour or, God forbid, an hour and a half for some of these TV episodes now. And you're like, fuck. Like, I was watching Point Break earlier for the, for the next podcast. That movie's two hours and you're good. Can you imagine nowadays if they made like, a, like some episodes or an hour and a half of a show? Like, why does this need to be an hour and a half for one show in a whole season? It just, I, I don't know. I have a lot of problems with modern TV and I'm going off on a rant, but I, the yeah, half an hour not, thing is so refreshing. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I don't know if they get longer throughout the rest of the show or not, but the 30-minute ones in season one at least were, were nice. Yeah, so we'll, um, I don't know when we're going to come back with a, episode about the second season but we'll revisit it we're gonna watch it and obviously gonna want to talk about it so you know we're gonna roll on with the 90s with point break for our next episode of the freaks which is gonna be a really good one i guarantee it i have a lot of things to say about this movie that i somehow missed through my childhood i'm excited to get to that we'll record that one pretty quick and uh that that rat's gonna wrap it up Yeah, stay freaky. All right, later.